Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. Bruce Lawn. 25 years ago today, September 13th, my favorite rapper was tragically shot in Las Vegas, passed on seven days later or eight days later on September 13th. Now, I grew up in the 90s, and the first CD I bought, I think, I think the first CD I bought is I walked to the Blockbuster and I bought the All Eyes on Me album in 1995 or 96. I don't remember which year it came out. So it was when Blockbusters existed and when Blockbusters still sold music. And it was a, uh, it was a wild time in music. Now, with that, I uh, was a big Tupac fan, and I discovered that this thing called the Internet was existent, and it can be accessed from a local library. Now, what was it about Tupac that was so wild? Well, he was a a, a megastar, right? This was the first time you really saw a rapper kind of cross over and and, and become more than a rapper and become almost like a pop icon. This is before Will Smith went super duper mainstream. The only other person you had that was this big was probably Snoop and maybe maybe like uh, MC Hammer, right? But this was the first time somebody went that mainstream. And so, so Tupac... Passes in, in my, my brain as a child, I was seventh grade, sixth grade, couldn't make sense of it, right? I, I couldn't make sense of how someone this iconic, someone this big, someone this uh, influential could die in this way. And this thing, the internet call come, came around. I went to our local library in Kensington. I lived in Normal Heights. Normal Heights didn't have a library, so we had to take a truck all the way down to Kensington across the 15 freeway in San Diego. And I remember going to the library and I remember jumping on and looking up the seven day theory, the conspiracy of what really happened. The intro clip on the Machiavelli album where Tupac says, Shug shot me. All of these different things started to get weaved together and we thought we had it figured out. We had the answers. What really happened was Tupac was going to be a revolutionary. And because he was going to be a revolutionary, the government was coming for him. And therefore, he had to fake his death um, and relocate to Cuba with his aunt, Asada Shakur, who was already a political refugee in Cuba. We had it all figured out. And that was my introduction, not just to the internet, that was my introduction to conspiracy theories, right? And initially, conspiracy theories were, they were just something interesting for you to do. They were just something interesting for you to talk about. And it was like, man, they say the psychology of these theories is that your brain can't always make sense of something like this happening. And so if someone could poke holes in it, you can create an alternative narrative of what this is, right? Of what this is, why it happened, what was going on. And so that, it started with Tupac. And then I remember after 9-11, we just had the 9-11 anniversary, right? And after 9-11, it was the same thing, except with 9-11, it was the towers. 
And it was about Bush taking down the towers. And it was an inside job and all these different things. And I remember there was a spectrum of people saying that there were bombs on the towers and they, they collapsed in sequential order and that all these different things die, you know, all these different things happen on purpose and so on and so forth. So that was the second introduction. And it also went to guys like Michael Moore even making videos that Bush knew it was going to happen. And in and, and, and that time, it, it wasn't it wasn't just kids on the internet talking about rappers. It was a lot of anti-Bush people and anti-war people that were looking at these 9-11 conspiracies. The issue with that, though, is now these, these conspiracy theories became really offensive to the people who lost people in 9-11, to the people who were in New York. Like my man Ray Rock was in New York. He was standing on the roof of his, ba- of his, of his band. He saw one of the planes fly into one of the towers, right? So when you talk to people in New York about this, they get really, really, really frustrated, right? They get really, really, really frustrated and, th- and they do not find it cute. They don't think it's funny. They don't think it's interesting. This really happened. Don't say we tore down our own towers, right? Don't. Do- what's the motivation for that? So on and so forth. And then the war happened. And according to the hindsight, we really went in there, uh, overstayed our welcome, uh, declared a war on terror instead of a war on terrorism, and just created a way bigger mess to which ultimately got us out of Afghanistan with our tail tucked behind our legs, leaving hundreds of Americans still there, billions of dollars in weapons and resources for the Taliban. Just, just a hot mess of a situation. My opinion this led to this leftist media that we have today because they were so disgusted with Bush flat out lying or having faulty information. Maybe he knew at the time that there were weapons of mass destruction, but he kept saying there were. And then they found out that the person who gave him that information about Iraq was coerced and that uh, they had uh, bin Laden, but they let him go or try to send in Afghan troops. And so A lot of people got rich from the military industrial complex. A lot of mercenaries were there doing work, getting paid a lot of money. A lot of friends of mine that were like IT agents would go over to Afghanistan and go over in Iraq, spend, you know, six months there, make 200,000 and then go travel the world the rest of the time. A lot of people made a lot of money. Now, fast forward, we have this very polarized media and all of a sudden it all comes back around and we have more theories. But now... They're coming back as a response to a lot of the really, really biased media, right? And a lot of the response goes all the way to the QAnon stuff and goes all the way to Trump re-election stuff, goes all the way to the Trump re-election stuff, Trump's going to get re-elected, so on and so forth. And it's a really interesting time in history. And of course, a lot of the same people who said Trump was going to get reelected are now saying this bang, bang is population control. And there's all this wild stuff. The same folks that predicted that Trump was going to get reelected are now saying this is bad. And, 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 and the, the look at the real research, you're a sheeple. You don't really know what you're talking about. This whole thing is kind of came full circle. It started as something fun to do on the internet when it first emerged 25 years ago to uh, real kind of incendiary accusations against the president to now you have America more divided than ever and a lot of this being fueled by mass information because everybody has a voice, everybody has a platform. And so how do I make sense of this all? Well, I got a little passage for you guys. I want to read 
and it's from Isaiah, and this is at a time where things were very, very, very dark in Israel's history. And Isaiah 8 has this passage, and it says, This is the Lord. This is what the Lord says to me, with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of his people. The way of his people. Do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear, and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. That to me is the application with a lot of these things. Whenever you see people saying this, this conspiracy, this agenda, this thing, that thing, this thing, um, slow down a little bit and ask yourself, is it causing you fear? Is it stirring fear in you? Is it making you afraid? Is it making you afraid of population control and agenda? They're going to wipe you out. They're going to take everything from you. What, what, is the, what is the point, right? What is the point? Now, what I'm not saying is that it's all peaches and it's all good. It's not. It's, it's a very tumultuous time. Who knows where things might go with these mandates? Who knows where the government, sue, you know, states suing the federal government, the federal government suing states? Like, it's a hot mess right now. And we could maybe even get to a place where we're no longer the United States of America, where we almost have like a European Union type of situation where we're independent states. It could get really messy, man. And it could get really dark. But I want us to not fear. God did not give us something to be afraid about. Um, and so if you're consistently operating out of fear, if you're consistently operating from this place of they're out to get me, right? Even if something as simple as the little man can't get ahead, they're out to get me. There's an agenda they want to take me, right? Right. My question to you is, is that mentality helping you to make the most of your time, talent, and treasure on this side of eternity? Or is that mentality hurting you? If we're really, really, really honest, when you are operating through the lens that everything is out to get you, it's not a healthy place to be at. And what it is, is it's your mind it's your mind not being able to make sense of how something either from, you know, a market or a lab in China can shut down the world economy. Our minds can't make sense of that. Like it's, it's, it's wild to fathom that that could actually happen. And so you then go and say, well, it's really because of population control. And now they're going to mandate this thing and they're trying to wipe everybody out and all, you know, they're going to take all the, all the people that comply are going to die in three to five years. But we, we, us rebels, we're going to step, right. It's, it's, it's a lot of it is driven by fear. And so, and, and, and a lot of it is also speaking ill of things you don't know about. I'm give you guys a quick proverb. Proverbs 13, five says the righteous, the righteous hate what is false. But the wicked make themselves a stench and bring shame on themselves, right? The righteousness guards the person of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. So as people, if we don't know what is true or what is false, saying something that is true that may be false is not good, right? Because as a righteous person, you're supposed to hate what is false, right? You're supposed to hate what is not true. You're supposed to hate what is, what is not accurate. And I see a lot of people hopping on the internet right now because, again, we're trying to make sense of the world. I understand. And a lot of people, are, are they have all the answers. They're going to tell you what they're trying to do. God told them in a vision, in a dream, and whatever. And they're going to prescribe to you what you need to do. And it really is just going to reinforce, reinforce that same fear. So I'm not living afraid. I have bright plans. I, I, I believe God is good. I believe Psalm 24.1, which says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. 
the world and all its people in it, it all belongs to God. I am building my life in a way that Proverbs also describes, which is to leave a inheritance. A righteous man leaves an inheritance for his grandchildren, right? So the issue with a lot of these conspiracies, if you will, is that there's no real way to disprove them, right? Meaning this, this is what I mean. Tupac, 25 years later, most people are like, yeah, bro, it was just, it was some gang stuff. It was stupid. It was senseless. It's so sad that a 25-year-old kid, by the way, I'm 36 now, 25 to me is a kid, sucks that a 25-year-old super talented kid died this week. Then it was like 9-11. Okay, man, that's, that's really sad that this happened on our watch, that we couldn't prevent it. And to perpetuate that this was an inside job is going to hurt the actual victims of this. Like the families find that deeply offensive, right? The firefighters, the the people that were there in New York find it deeply troubling and offensive when you say stuff like that. And so you're trying to make sense of this and you're trying to say this stuff. Now, the issue is when you start getting into the, when we got into the, the more recent stuff with the Trump prophecies, there was at least cutoffs, right? If this doesn't happen by this date, you were wrong. Yes or no? Oh, yes. Okay, cool. In two months, we're going to have the same conversation, and I need you to publicly repent that you're wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to publicly repent that I'm wrong, and I'm apologizing. You heard a word from God, and I didn't hear a word from God, right? At least there was a cutoff time. With this new stuff, with regarding to the bang, bang, and the agenda, there's no real cutoff. There's no real, how do we measure, is there a parameter that we can use to measure if this is true or not? Because you just don't trust any institution. So where's the cutoff? Where's the cutoff? Is it three to five years? In three to five years when things are back open and things are semi-normal, maybe we still have masks every now and then, maybe there's still outbreaks, but things are normal. In three to five years, will you publicly admit that you were wrong and you, and you were pushing nonsense? And I can never get an answer from those people, right? Because by the way, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong on a bang, bang, I think we'll know it. And I'll have to eat, the, eat these words and I'll have to come out and say, guys, I was wrong. This was it. These were the last days, right? They got me. I was a sheep, right? But if you're wrong, Mr. The Bang Bang is the precursor to the Mark of the Beast. Mr. They're trying to wipe you out. You're sheeple. You're, you're blindly following whatever they tell you. And it's actually potentially could cause harm to people. Maybe they don't die or go to the hospital, but they have to miss a month's worth of work. And they can't make bills, and then it starts to try. Who are you, when? When is the cutoff? When are you willing to say, "I was wrong about this conspiracy theory. I was pushing nonsense. I was pushing lies." Because remember, the righteous hate what is false. Do you hate what is false enough to do your own fact checking and not make go on a pl- public platform and say all kinds of stuff that you can't verify is true or not? Right? So you can't verify sure not. I think that's the issue that, that we're going to get into. And I haven't, I haven't heard a single friend of mine that's pushing this stuff publicly say, on this date, on this year, if these things don't happen, I will publicly make a statement and say that I'm wrong. Whenever I try to say that, hey, let's revisit this conversation in three years. I'm going to set a reminder in our calendar. We'll circle back around. Give me a cutoff. What's the cutoff? Oh, the Oxford from, from, from Oxford, Ohio said that in three to five years, billions of people are going to die. Okay, I think we'll know if that's true or not. Right. I think we'll have <laughs> we'll know. We'll know if that's true or not. Um, we don't we don't want to set deadlines on it. And that's where I think this gets even more dangerous because there's there's not there's no accountability. There's no accountability. There's no right. There's no there's no cutoff, at least with the Trump prophecies. You either got it or you didn't. 
right? You gave us dates. You were wrong on those dates. You were wrong. You had to eat those words. Some people repented. Some people faded into the shadows. Some people had to publicly acknowledge that they made a mistake. They didn't hear God correctly. Right? Don't, don't jump to the worst possible conclusion and say, well, they're out to get us. The way I did when I was 13. My mind couldn't make sense of the world. My mind couldn't sense of the, make, make sense of my favorite rapper dying. Therefore, I had to follow down this rabbit hole of all these things. And so with that, I, made, I, 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 I was entertained. I wanted to believe this, right? Sometimes bad things happen, fam, right? I said this before. Don't ever ascribe malicious intent to what could be described accurately with incompetence. Don't ever ascribe malicious intent to what could be described accurately with incompetence. Do you think Tupac had this elaborate master plan to move himself out of the country to Cuba after being shot? He was really shot. There were eyewitnesses there around today and move himself out of the country and then do this entire thing. You, you think that's probable or do you think it was just a street gang beef that multiple people have said it was a street gang? Which, which, which one do you think is more probable? No, it was probably the incompetence one, right? He beat up the wrong guy on the wrong night who had guns poor kid got killed. Usually incompetence, usually poor decisions that, that, that happen. It doesn't have to be this over, over the top. The FBI wanted to get him. Or he just beat up the wrong guy on the wrong night. Something to think about. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, considering giving it a like and subscribing. This month, I'm releasing the Love What You Do collection. And to celebrate, I'm doing a three-day virtual event to help us go from learning to love what we do to ultimately doing what we love. By the way, it's free. So hit the link in the description to grab your seat today.